Welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guest and I will share our experiences, insights, and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to episode 175 of the Girl Means Business podcast, or as I like to call it, my own little personal therapy sessions each week. This week, we're talking about setting boundaries and learning how to say no more often. And to be honest, it's something that I really, really have struggled with. So when I met Dr. Cassandra LeClaire, I was really excited to talk to her because this is what she does. She helps high-achieving women lead through intentional communication so that they can take aligned action and embody their personal power. Her mission is to educate individuals on how to understand their communication patterns to have effective and healthy communication to enhance their personal and professional relationships. Now, for me, setting boundaries and learning to say no has always been a struggle because I'm just a people pleaser. I don't like to say no to people. And as I've learned through learning about myself and being an Enneagram 7, Part of the things that really drive me is the need to feel needed, the need to feel like I'm important to people. And so telling people no and learning how to set those boundaries has been extra challenging. So I was so excited to talk to Dr. Cassandra because I wanted to hear what she had to say about all of those things and how we can learn to create boundaries so that we can be happier and healthier in our businesses and in our personal lives. So I can't wait for you to listen to our conversation. So let's go ahead and jump in. All right, guys, here I am with Cassandra. We're here today on the Girl Means Business podcast. We're going to be talking about how to set boundaries and say no without all the guilt. Welcome, Cassandra, to the Girl Means Business podcast. So excited to have you here. Hello. Thank you for having me. I can't wait for our talk. I know. So I was going through your information and I know you kind of mentioned a couple of different topics. And then I saw that you had this kind of free guide on ways to say no without the guilt. And it immediately was like, yes, please. Like <laughs> the, the perfect like example of a lead magnet that people really want and need because I could not download and read and consume it fast enough. I was like, give me all the tips. So I was like, this is what we need to talk about today. I think a lot of women can relate to that feeling of saying yes to things just because we don't want to disappoint people or feel guilty about something. So before we dive into all of that, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I'm actually wrapping up my position as a professor. I've been a communication studies professor since 2008, and I teach about relationships and feelings and how we have to work on ourselves and our self-awareness so that we understand how we're showing up in relationships. And the reason I kind of transitioned out of the university space is because I'm working more with women who kind of struggle with this in their personal lives, or especially women who've really been building so many things in different areas, be it their business or their families. And then all of a sudden you kind of look at yourself one day and you're like, where am I in all of this? And so my passion is really um, helping women recenter themselves and figure out kind of where they're going in their career path or in their relationships, but without having all of that extra stuff that we constantly worry about. So again, with the lead magnet, it kind of 
all meshes together because this is a big space where I think we really need some help in understanding, you know, how can we have more fulfilling relationships? How can we feel like we are showing up authentically as who we really want to be at the same time that we're managing a hundred thousand different things? So that's kind of where I'm at with the professional stuff. And I know your audience is full of mompreneurs. And I'm also, my daughter is uh, uh, just finished her freshman year in college. And my son, my youngest is going to be a senior in high school this year. Oh my gosh. Just even navigating all of that, you know, mom life and, you know, trying to have a career and all of these different things. There's just a lot of space there. I think that is, is a space where we need to have more conversation. So I'm really grateful for your show. I think you help so many people with that. Thank you. Well, I'm grateful for the work you do because that's, it's a big space to tackle because there's so much, you know, it's, it's easy to say like, well, we, I, I work in relationships and I do things to help women to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, but there's so much layer, so many layers to those things. It's not as simple as I help them, you know, have less guilt or feel better about this, you know, whatever, like that sounds so it simplifies what you do so much. So um, I appreciate the work you do. And I'm, that's why I was so excited to have you come on because I feel like it aligns so perfectly with the women that listen to the show and, and who I am too. I mean, obviously I, there's a reason I speak to those women because it's, I'm speaking to myself essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, okay. I just want to just dive head first. Let's go into the deep end here. Um, let's start with kind of mentioned in the beginning of the, the setting boundaries piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is one thing that I know I have struggled with. And I think that having that in place helps with the saying no part, which we'll get to later, but what are some things that you can some tips you can give us for kind of starting off? Cause I think as women, we tend to just kind of open ourselves up and be like, let it all come <laughs> as it is when it is all the things. And I know for me, like I'm guilty of this a lot is I find myself you know, it'll be 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, okay, the kids are in bed. It's finally like quiet time. And I open up the laptop and I'm like, no, wait a minute. What am I doing? Like I should be using this time to rest or spend time with my husband or watch the show I've been wanting to binge or whatever. So how do we even start to get those boundaries in place when it feels like things happen kind of subconsciously sometimes? I mean, they do happen subconsciously, you know, all of a sudden I didn't realize how much I needed boundaries until one day I woke up and my laptop was right next to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I might have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) My computer and my son would come home and he'd be like, you're such a bot. That's what he would say to me because I was on my computer. I was like, okay, yeah, I got to take a look at this. And I think it's exactly what you say. You know, we take on one thing or we get into this routine. And so we don't realize the spaces that we've kind of gone away from ourselves or the areas that we need boundaries until we're in that space where we're feeling burnt out or frustrated or resentful. And then it can feel too big to tackle, right? Because you're like, I don't even know where to start. And so the biggest thing I can say about boundaries in general is don't blow up your whole life at once. Okay. You know, really starting small with the tiniest steps is the way to do things, especially, you know, for multiple reasons, not only for yourself so that you can see how a boundary is enacted and then feel good about it, but also because you don't want to just change everything so drastically that then you can't actually keep up with it. And, you know, also, I really want to give encouragement too on the boundary thing. 
please don't beat yourself up or go into shame cycles about the areas where you haven't had boundaries either. One of the the hardest parts of it is a lot of times we don't know where we need the boundary until it's crossed or until it's gone to this place where we're like, Oh, I need to fix this. And that's, you know, the big piece you said that you kind of had some of those realizations and that's where it starts is with that self-awareness, right? Cause oh, I can yeah. tell you all day long about my own boundaries, but you are also going to have to have some reflection about what it looks like for your life across all these different areas, you know, at home, at work, with kids, all, friends, all of those things. Yeah. I think another one that I've had that like was an aha moment for me was, you know, my girls are getting to the age where, especially my oldest, she isn't asking for like a cell phone just yet. Cause she has one of my old phones that's not cellular activated, but she can use it while we're at home for um, messenger kids, or she likes to get on Pinterest and look up different things on there. So she has one that she can play games on and stuff, but it's starting to get to the point where she's going to, you know, start using it more. And my youngest one has the iPad that she plays on. And so we've had to set boundaries with them around, you know, how much they use it. You know, like if I, on a Saturday morning, we get up and we're being lazy and they're on the couch for two hours playing on their phone. I'm like, okay, time's up, put them away. They're going Mm -hmm. in the drawer. We're not going to, we're going to spend the rest of the day doing something active. But then they'll turn this, the script on me and they'll be like, well, you told us we had to go outside and play and you're out here on your phone, you know, and mm-hmm. it's hard to explain or it's hard to set boundaries for them when I haven't necessarily set them for myself in some areas. And I know it's different. I mean, I'm working on my phone a lot of time, but still I need to have those in place. So it's sometimes having it shown back to you, having that mirror reflected back to you is painful, but it's, it is that piece that you said, you don't realize it until you've crossed it. That Mm -hmm. kind of, that hit me. I was like, yeah, that's so true. You don't realize it until you've crossed it. Um, so do you have any like to, let's just, we'll use the example of like screen time on our own devices. Do you have any tips for like, you kind of mentioned like start slowly, don't jump into the deep end and just go like, okay, I'm going to shut off my phone at five o'clock every day and not even turn it on anymore. Like that seems extreme, but do you have any tips for kind of just dipping your toe in the water and kind of gradually getting better and better? I mean, some of the simple things are just using the timers that you can set on your phone. You know, how much time do you want on social media or how much time? And honestly, even taking a look at that, the phones will tell you how much time you spend across different apps. And it's, it's a little shame producing in some ways, I'm going to be honest with you. And one of the things that I had to do for myself too, is really set those timers. And it took me a little bit to understand how badly I needed those timers. So I even deleted some of the apps for a while off of my phone, just to notice how frequently I was going to them. And it was, oh my goodness, it was eye-opening to see how many times I was picking up my phone to check something. So, you know, putting some timers on it, if deleting the apps is impossible for you, you know, because of course I redownloaded them then now and I just have better parameters <laughs> with them. But even understanding, you know, why you're turning to those things. Okay. So are you turning to them because you want to check something quick or check in with somebody? Or have you been scrolling for hours because you're numbing out on something else? You know, and so recognizing why you would want the boundary, that's a big step there too. Because if scrolling on TikTok is your form of decompressing in the evening, then I don't want to tell you, you know, quit TikTok. But if scrolling on TikTok is preventing you from doing some other things, and then later on you look at your phone and you're like, why was I on TikTok for two hours when I should have been doing all of this? 
okay, then that's something we need to look at with the boundary. So if you quit everything all at once, then again, you're not going to, you're not going to want to sustain that. That's not realistic. And even some other things too, in terms of like with me, it was with email. I had my email on my phone and I'm not going to take that off because I'm mobile a lot. I really want the ability to check it. But I had to recognize how often I was then checking it because it was on my phone. It's like, okay, do I really need to be responding to somebody at 10 p.m. on a Sunday? Probably not. Do I really need to be checking this when I'm out with my friends, not at work? Probably not. So it's those internal boundaries. And that's something that can be hard. You know, another word for it would be (laughs) self-discipline. But I'm like, I don't like to think about it that way. Um, So it's really about like, okay, where am I kind of beating myself up for my patterns and how can I regain some control by having some boundaries for myself surrounding it? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It is really meant to be, it's just self-control, but we've, we've seemed to need a little push in that direction. But Mm -hmm. I like what you said about the TikTok thing about, you know, if it's not hurting you, you know, I think we think we hear people talk about, you know, like, oh, it's, you shouldn't be scrolling TikTok for two hours or Instagram at night or whatever, you hear other people setting boundaries and you start to think, well, do I need to set a boundary around that? But again, if it's not, if it's something that you and you get pleasure in or something that you find relaxing or calming, like that's not harming you. Now, if you're doing it and you end the session feeling like crap, you know, you're like, oh, well, I just spent an hour comparing myself to these other women on Instagram. Um, but you know, for some people, like I like to end my day reading a book, you know, but I don't always have the time for that. And so sometimes if I only have like 10 or 15 minutes and I just, you know, I'll scroll through Instagram, I'm not going to, you know, sit in Starbucks line, like with a book in my hand necessarily, but it, it gives me kind of that same, just sort of like relaxed feeling. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good point to make is that we need to differentiate between, Like, are we setting this boundary because we feel like we are supposed to, or because it's really something we need in our lives? I know for me, I think mine is the calendar thing. Like I am really bad about overscheduling myself. Mm -hmm. And I was reading an article the other day online about how people used to be like, okay, I want, my goal is to get to like inbox zero. I want to have like no, no new emails in my inbox. I'm like, well, that's, that's a great plan. (laughs) Let's see how that works. But he was like, you know, I've, I quickly learned that it's not about inbox zero. It's about calendar zero. Mm-hmm. So he has started like scheduling once, um, like once a month, he has one whole day where he has nothing scheduled on his calendar, no meetings, no calls, no anything. And he spends the entire day like working in his business. He's like, I'm so productive on that one day than I am on any other day because my time is not divided between this call or that meeting or this session or this appointment or whatever. And so I was like, oh, that's something I feel like I need to be setting more boundaries around Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to necessarily like maybe the social media stuff. So yeah, finding like what it is for you. And it may not be the same. No, the calendar thing is so huge too. And especially, you know, as moms, we have so many different obligations that are just natural in our schedules, you know, and a lot of times your day isn't, you know, you don't get a full day if you're doing drop-offs and pickups or running to kids to activities or what have you. So even being able to preserve some spaces in your calendar, I really had to learn that. I would look at my calendar and almost have an anxiety attack because it was like, I got this and I had that and you're scheduled, you, you know, overscheduled. Yeah. And to the point where then, even if I did have downtime, all I was really thinking about is the next thing that I had to do on the schedule. So I wouldn't forget about it or, you know, organizing it in my head. 
So really being able to look at my calendar and this all goes back to the boundaries too, is being able to look at my calendar and saying, okay, what if this is actually, what do you actually have to do? And what of these things are you saying yes to because you feel obligated to, or because you don't want to disappoint somebody or you feel you should be somewhere. And then where are you scheduling in spaces to get back to yourself? And that was something that, again, it goes back to really being able to discipline yourself to put that time in there. But it also goes back to kind of looking at where are you saying yes that you don't have to. And everybody who talks to me about this, they're like, well, I don't have anything I can cut out. I don't. And people get really defensive about their schedule. But when you start to look at things, it's like, okay, do you really need to be at that event? Did you have to volunteer over here? Does this person need you to do that thing or can they do it on your own or on their own? And some of it, you know, especially as women, we're used to being nurturers, we're used to being needed or helping others and things like that. So really taking a step back and understanding that I have to help myself first so I can be the best mom, so I can be the best, you know, whatever, right? But that requires some work. That requires some preservation of your time and your calendar. That requires some self-care. And the other piece of this, the reason it's so important is you don't want your kids growing up to be burnt out and stressed out. So the one big way that you show them how not to do that is by modeling it. You know, so teaching them, how do we build in time for yourself or teaching them, you know, okay, mommy needs this time over here to have coffee, or this is what we're going to do here. And here's why like kids understand those things and teaching them about why it's important to take care of themselves. And I think that that can help us also get, alleviate some of the mom guilt because <laughs> so often that's why we don't set the boundaries. Right. right. And And I think like the calendar, that's why we feel so stressed out and overwhelmed, the majority of people. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's so, it's so hard because you, and I know for me, this is something I've learned, honestly, just like doing deep dives into who I am and what, what makes me tick. And then a little bit with therapy too, that's helped, but it's the idea that I, one, I don't want to let people down. I hate that feeling of disappointing somebody Two is I'm the type of person that like, I want to feel needed I want to feel like I am somebody people look to for guidance or, I mean, it's why I have this podcast. I mean, it all kind of ties in together, but I want to be the person that people 
can rely on and depend on. And so in my mind, saying no to things or, you know, not being available for things makes me feel like I'm telling them that they can't depend on me or they can't, you know, rely on me. And I know that that's not like deep down, I know that's not true, but you know, there's that little piece of me that's like, okay, but if I say no to this one, I'm an Enneagram seven. I don't know if you know anything about Enneagram too. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So I have major FOMO. So if if I have to like say, no, I'm not going to be at that event. I'm like, I didn't really want to go to the event, but I'm now I feel like I'm missing out because I'm not going to the event. (laughs) So there's the FOMO piece, but then there's also the guilt of like, okay, if I'm letting somebody down or am I putting them in a situation that makes their, their life a little more difficult. And so it's so, there's so many things there, but I've learned to, or I'm going to say this when we rephrase that I'm learning to be better about saying, I can't be responsible for how my saying no makes other people feel. Yes. Yes. And that is something that is so hard to do. (laughs) It's so hard. And especially it is, you know, learning that we're not responsible for other people's feelings, learning that other people's reactions to our boundaries are, are their feelings, right? That's not about our boundaries. Those are their feelings. That's so hard. And I, again, I don't think, you know, I taught gender communication for years at the university level too. And so really looking at the ways that we're conditioned and socialized as women to be those caretakers and those nurturers. And so often so that by the time you get to adulthood, you don't even realize how frequently you say yes, (laughs) just because that's something that's conditioned within you. So I even had to really take a step back. One of the areas where I had to regain some self um, or some self time for myself was I was volunteering and saying yes to too many things or going to too many events because I genuinely wanted to, you know, people think boundaries is about like cutting out things you don't want to do. But for me, it was, it was about stepping back from saying yes to all of these things where I felt I could be helpful or I felt I could be there for other people. But then after I would overcommit or maybe have too many things on my calendar as a person inside, then I would be like, oh, you know, I, what am I going to do? Or I wish I wouldn't have said yes to this or feel like I wouldn't be able to necessarily perform at the level or give somebody what I would be able to give had I not had so many things on the calendar. But it's honestly also a physical response. So even paying attention to what that feels like in your body, like I actually have to pause and take a breath when somebody asks me to do something, because my initial go-to is to just say yes. And then ask questions later. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and some of that is because I genuinely do want to help other people. I genuinely want to be supportive, but also then recognizing how much time and energy I was spending by being, you know, again, frustrated or worried I was going to still disappoint somebody or feeling like then I didn't have time for all of these other things, or then, you know, taking time away maybe from my family because I'd overcommitted elsewhere. So it's, it's hard when it's kind of embedded in your personality to be a helpful person as well. So really even recognizing like boundaries come from our values and our needs. And you said that earlier, you know, you had to look at what, what you valued and who you were as a person. So really even looking at all of the things you are saying yes to and the people you do want to help, you know, are there a couple that you can pick and really be invested in those instead of spreading yourself across, you know, a dozen of a dozen things. Or are there areas then where you can choose to show up for people in a different way so they can still see how helpful you are, like your podcast or the different ways and really recognizing that it doesn't always have to be 
you saying yes to everybody all of the, all of the time in order for you to feel those things and to feel in alignment with the things that you're choosing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much goodness there. When you were talking about the the fact that sometimes you'll say yes, and then ask questions later, (laughs) I had kind of this light bulb moment. And I, I say this a lot. My oldest daughter is very much like me. Um, in a lot of ways. And I mean, different in a lot of ways too, but she has a lot of my tendencies and I, it occurred to me, you know, again, that mirror thing where a lot of times we need to see it reflected back to us. So the school year was wrapping up and we were getting a lot of these, she's going into fifth grade and we were getting a lot of these emails about like, here's what, you know, what's going on next year and blah, blah, blah. And one of them was, if you want to be a part of, if you want to apply to be part of student council, here's the application that the kids need to fill out. And so I was, we were just in the car and I said, Hey, I, by the way, I got the application for student council for next year. Do you want to do that? And she goes, yeah. And I go, okay, well, we'll have to fill this thing out, you know? And I was kind of telling her what the process was. And she goes, um, what's student council? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That That was like, okay. I was like, well, okay, then let's talk about this and let's really figure it out. And then if you decide that, that yes is not what you want to say here, that's fine. And so it was just kind of one of those moments where I was like, oh, that's what I do (laughs) because it's true, you know? And again, a lot of times it becomes either from, you don't want to miss out on something or you don't want to make somebody else feel bad, you know? So when it comes to how to say no, because I think we all, we all know usually when we should be saying no, or we, we know that like, okay, this is something I maybe need to like think about before I give an answer. We can kind of feel those out. But then I think the really hard part is the actual saying no. Like, I think sometimes we say yes to avoid having to say no. For sure. Because it's, it's tough. I mean, that's a scary thing to get used to doing in a way, again, that doesn't feel like you're being rude or, um, you know, or that you're hurting someone's feelings. So what, what advice do you have for that? Well, I think to again, because we typically are trying to make other people feel good, you know, again, worried about other people's feelings or their perceptions and things like that. It can be hard to say no, because so often it does feel like we're being, you know, too direct, which is something that again, historically women were not really taught to be super direct. We're Um, women are more conditioned to think that direct communication is aggressive. You know, we're seen as we're worried we're going to seem harsh when really there's a difference between being aggressive and being assertive. Right. And so even being able to recognize, I seriously had this game I played for myself for a long time when I was starting to work on boundaries and the title of the game was called boundaries are bitchy. And A game I made up for myself because I had to question. It's like, okay, Cassandra, is this a boundary or are you being bitchy? Is this a boundary or are you being bitchy? And so often, actually almost all the time, it was a boundary, but it was my feelings about the boundary or my I was worried about that perception. So it was really being able to understand, okay, why am I so worried if somebody would be upset with me? Why am I so worried about what the reaction would be if I would say no? Because it's not really saying the word no that's what's tripping you up. It's what's happening after the no, right? Like that's why you don't want to say no is because you're worried about all the things that the no brings. So really even kind of understanding those things for yourself. And again, 
you have to practice with somebody safe. Okay. You have to try this, like try some things out. I can't tell you how many friends I would go to and be like, Hey, okay. Can you listen to me say this? Or can we try this out? Because I needed to kind of have a safe space to understand some of these things. And again, there's a reason that guide exists. It's because I had to figure out different ways to say no, that felt comfortable to me, especially when it was saying no to something that I actually did want to do or something that I care about with somebody else, or maybe it's something that I was worried I was going to miss out on. And I think again, like the hard part there was recognizing that some of the reason that I wouldn't say no is because I wanted that external validation, you know, so really looking at myself and be like, okay, Cassandra, why do you need that? You know, why, why are you seeking that when you, when you have all of these other areas where you say you don't need that? And part of that is, you know, my upbringing, part of it's childhood, part of it's just really wanting people to be happy and things like that. So starting no, or starting to say no, again, look at your calendar as a really good way to kind of see like, where can I baby step this a little bit and start saying no to some things. And even if it's not saying no, Start with saying, um, you know, I need to think about that. So you can determine if it is a no for you. Because sometimes we need a little space from something to really be able to look at, okay, is this a no for me or is this a yes for me? And instead of just kind of going to your initial go-to reaction. Well, that's really good. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, we don't give ourselves that time usually. So my next question is about the saying no piece because- what I find that I do is I tend to feel like if I'm going to tell somebody no, like for example, um, the PTO president who comes to me and says, Hey, can you help out with this project that we're getting ready to do? And I'm, and it's right in the middle of like busy work season, life season. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I feel the need to say no, because, and then give like this whole narrative around (laughs) why I can't, it's like, I'm justifying the no. So how do we work out of justifying the no or, or should we be justifying it? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab a -a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. 
You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. You know, it's, you've seen, I'm sure those things everywhere across social media that say no is a complete sentence and it absolutely, you can absolutely just say no to somebody. However, most of the time, if I just say no, I feel rude. I really do. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so, but I used to do that same thing. You know, you're over explaining something, you're justifying it, or you're trying to make them understand because you, again, don't, maybe don't want to say no, or you have guilt surrounding it. So even recognizing too, okay, what are the spaces or how can I make this feel good to me? And sometimes it is that I want to give somebody an explanation, especially if it's somebody I care about, or I have a continued relationship with them. But other times it's, it's recognizing, am I giving them the explanation because they really need it or because that's what's making me feel better about saying no. So again, some kind of some hard looks at why you're doing things because that's what's really going to create behavior change too, right? Is understanding why you do the things that you do. So in terms of that, like I know you brought up PTO, that was a big thing for me. Also volunteering at the kids' school or getting asked to do things that were maybe like in the middle of the day without really recognizing how that then was breaking up my workflow or my ability to get other things done. So really even being able to tell people, you know, that I'd love to help you. However, I have the schedule over here, you know, sometimes really stating like, that's my time for work. And I I would get pushed back on it. Not everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, wonderful. You know, some people are going to test your boundaries. Some people are going to push And really, that's why, again, coming back to your values and your needs, understanding why you're protecting that space. You know, this is the time that I spend for my family. That actually, I'd love to help you, but that's the time I work on my business because I need that space. Otherwise, I won't be able to spend time with my children later, you know, or whatever that is for you. It's okay, especially if it makes you feel better to kind of offer some of those explanations, but then recognizing again, why you feel you need to do it and how, how much are you doing that? And a lot of times just stating to people, you know, thank you for asking me if I'm available at another time, I'll reach back out to you. That's good enough. People are like, oh, okay. So often I was worried that other people were going to be mad or disappointed. And then they, I would say no. And then they'd just move on. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) That wasn't so bad. (laughs) Yeah. And, but I, I really, it is for me something where I tend to want to explain it and really understanding to how much do I owe that other person the explanation. And that was, like you said, a big eye-opening thing for me was several years ago, I was with my kids and my son is the one who he'll just call me out on stuff constantly. And I was like, I can't even remember where we were, like in a drive-through line or something ridiculous like that. And I start explaining something to the person who's giving me <laughs> food. And my son was like, mom, no one cares. Like you literally don't need to tell people that much information. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I probably don't. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, do you want to upsize those fries? And you give them a whole like reason why you're like, I'm kind of eating healthy right now. So maybe I don't. Yeah. Like that. Yes. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I, I like to, what you said about like, it matters who you're saying no to, you know, that this is not a one size fits all. Because I think about like, we've got, you know, really good friends or family members who will invite us to go do something. And, you know, I'll be like, well, 
I really just need like a day where we're just at home doing nothing. And so to them, I might give a little bit more of an explanation, but if it's like someone wants to schedule a work call on that day, you know, you don't necessarily have to. So I think that's a good way to kind of help ease the blow a little bit of like, we don't just need to completely shut down the whole idea of giving full life story explanations, but just maybe tailor it to who you're talking to. Yeah. I think that, so one of my last questions I have for you, and we'll kind of wrap up here is I want to respect your time and I appreciate you giving us so much time already, but is verbal versus like written content. So like, for example, you know, the ones who like you see in person, maybe they stop you when you're at your kid's school and they're like, Hey, we've got this fundraiser coming up. Can you come help us with it? And you're kind of put on the spot and you're like, ah, you know, versus like, okay, someone sends you an email or a text and says like, Hey, we got this thing. Can you come help with it? And you have a little more time to kind of process. How can we get better at the like in-person in the moment like going through it versus having more time? That's honestly really hard for me. So I'm glad you brought that up, especially I'm a very non-verbally expressive person. So like if somebody asks me to do something and I'm pausing, I, it's written all over my face, like that internal <laughs> fear and panic or that question of if I really want to do it. And so I did have to practice and, and that's where I do. I have to sit and I like take a breath. I really just breathe a moment before I have an initial response because my initial response will be to say yes. And so I take a breath. And then my go-to honestly is I need to check my calendar and get back with you. And the, honestly, that's the, the truth of it. And if somebody's like, okay, look at it right now, I'll be like, all right, let me look at it. You know what? Actually, I don't think I'm going to have space for that. Maybe in the future, let me know what's coming up and I'd be happy to help. And, and some of this too is just recognizing what is going to feel good for you in those moments. Because again, it is very difficult for me, especially when I'm put on the spot like that, or especially if it's something for my kids or something I really want to do, because then there's all this other guilt attached to it too, right? So really figuring out like what your kind of go-to response is. And for me, it is, I'm going to need to look at my calendar and get back with you. And that most people really do understand that, especially with how busy people are. And they say, okay. And then remembering to follow up on them. Now, if you know, it's something you're going to say no to, you know, that's another space. You don't want to give people false hope. So if you already know, or you're like, okay, I'm never going to say yes to this. You know, it can be working again. This is why it's practice with a friend. I'm not, I know that sounds silly, but really practicing with a friend, being able to say, you know, thank you for thinking of me. That's wonderful. I really like to be available for our kids. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to say yes at this time or saying some things. I think this is on the guide. Like that sounds like a wonderful opportunity. Unfortunately, I'm stretched too thin right now. And I can't take that on. See, it's so simple. It's so simple. I know it sounds simple, but but then saying it in person. And that's where saying those things out loud is helpful. And the cool thing, the reason I keep saying, you know, talk to your friends or talk to people about it, or even there are people you you might want to offer an explanation to is because what, what then can happen is you're teaching other people what your boundaries look like and what your personal boundaries do look like. So the cool thing about my friends now is like, we don't take any of it personally. If they're like, Hey girl, you want to do this? I'm like, no, I can't. Okay. Like that's 
just our space. And so when you get to that place, then you realize how much energy you are expending, worrying about other people's perceptions or what out should I said no to that or what have you. So really starting with the people that you love and care about. And sometimes it might even be a conversation like, hey, look, you know what? I realized that I've been becoming burnt out and stressed out. So I'm really going to do an overhaul on my calendar. Here's what I'm trying to do. Like acknowledging to other people that this is something you're working on because a lot of times too, it's eye-opening to others and they'll be like, oh yeah, I need to look at that space. So thinking about it in terms of like by you actually even having a conversation about the fact that you're going to change some of these boundaries, you're not only setting up a different structure for yourself and how you want to be treated and how you're going to respond to people, but you're helping them kind of understand what that space could look like for them too, honestly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. I, I, I love the idea of the practice because it's true. I mean, we, we hear these things and obviously you know, when you download your guide, you get these examples, but when you're in that moment, you're not going to pull up that example quickly unless you have made it a practice to say that. So I know it feels, it'll probably seems weird or feels weird, but like, yeah, get somebody and just practice saying, or even like just saying it to yourself in the mirror could help, or, you know, saying it, maybe not say it to your spouse. I don't know, but like, (laughs) but somebody that, you know, you can like, you know, say that too. And there's not going to be any kind of weird reaction to it. And some of it, especially if it's like maybe a higher stakes thing or where, where I am maybe worried about what repercussions there could be or something like I have friends who I'll be like, okay, here's the role you need to play. Like you need to come at me hard when I say no. So I can practice that too. And the other thing about this is it honestly also shows you who is respectful of your boundaries. It shows you the people who maybe have been getting by and who are going to try to keep taking things from you because you haven't had the boundaries, you know, or so it can be eye-opening for your relationships too, and really understanding. And the flip side of that also is it helped me recognize where I wasn't respecting other people's boundaries because I'd be like, oh, are you sure? Or come on. And so really being able to also be honest with myself about if this is what I want this to look like for me, then I have to in turn, make sure I'm, I'm giving that back to other people. Yeah, that's so good. And, and I, I will say too, like one thing I, I've kind of been thinking as you've been going through this is the fact that like putting ourselves in the other person's shoes, like, I, again, you said like, I don't take it personally when my friends say like, I, I can't, you know, I can't do that this day, or I've just, I've been stretched too thin. I need a, I need a day to myself or whatever. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay, good for you. Like go enjoy your day. And so I need to also remember that yep. when I'm have that, that feeling of like, oh, they're going to, I'm ruining their lives by saying no, like, okay, Kendra, you're not that important. Like get over but yourself. You know? that. Like I tell myself that all the time. Like, okay, you're not that important. Like, and that's yes. what I have to tell myself. Yeah. 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 And for someone who wants to feel important, that's really difficult, but I'm, right. but I'm working on it. <laughs> well, this has been such a great conversation. And I definitely think it's something that we need to have on like replay, like once a month to remind ourselves, like, this is something I need to be working on because it can seem really small at times. But then like, when you realize you look at your calendar, you look at your life, you're like, I've over scheduled myself. I've, I haven't put boundaries in place. It's like, okay, we need to have this consistently going in our lives in order to become a habit that we just have. So I appreciate you being here. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you and where they can get their free guide at. 
I'd love for everyone to connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Cassandra LeClaire. Um, the free guide is at CassandraLeClaire.com forward slash guide. Um, my website is CassandraLeClaire.com. I love to talk about all of these things. And really, my goal is just to help everyone feel more confident in these things. So please connect with me, reach out. Thank you for having me on. This has been just a great conversation. And again, talk to other people about these things. Cause just from having this conversation with you, then it gets me re-energized too about like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go do these things. And so really thinking about your friends too, you know, what would it look like if y'all had a conversation about how you can get better at boundaries? And the neat thing about that is you learn the ways that you can continue to empower other people. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to continue to stay in touch with you. Um, so let's, let's definitely continue chatting after this and maybe have you back on for an extended session where we go a little deeper, but, um, yeah, have a wonderful day and I will have all of your links down in the show notes. People can quickly grab those, go get her guide guide. It's so helpful. I was going through it and I was like, marking. I was like, I need to remember this line and that line. So <laughs> go grab the guide, save it to your desktop, save it on your phone, whatever you need to do. So you have it handy. Um, and make sure you grab that. It'll be in the show notes. So Cassandra, thank you so much again for being here and I will chat with you soon. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.